0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. I'm your host, Will Ferrero. On today's show, we have Marco Salinas. Marco is the owner of two different businesses, Pina Colada Media, and Expert Publishing Associates. And both businesses are geared towards helping businesses attract more customers, turn more leads into clients. And the way that he does that is through Pina Colada, he helps produce podcasts, and then through Expert Publishing, He helps produce books. What's better than when you meet a potential new client being able to give them a book that shows that you're an expert in your field or your area and he can help you do that very easily by interviewing you for an hour and then making a book out of it that will be somewhere between 70 to 80 pages long and you'll become that authoritative figure. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Marco, nice to see you, man. Uh, and nice to to meet you face to face for the first time.
1: Likewise, Will. Uh, I'm excited to talk with you and um, really been actually looking forward to this conversation. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah, me too. Just to get started,
0: can you introduce yourself a little bit? Give us a little background about you?
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, I've been self-employed now for about Uh, maybe 13, 14 years. Um, And that's really where I feel like my life started and truly, you know, began was um, in being my own boss and having my own business. That's always been something that I felt was my calling. Um, And in many ways, it it feels more like a vocation in a sense. Um, Like it's just a part of me. It's who I am. It's who I was destined to be and that sort of thing. I mean, the, the, the calling has been very strong. When I was younger, I was kind of, kind of that um lemonade stand you know kind of uh down down here in south texas man we were all about these little lollipops they were called blow pops and Uh and at the end of the at the end of the thing there was bubble gum in there you know Mm -hmm. and i remember selling those things in school and being somewhat of a of a merchant Mm -hmm. you know type of a mindset like that and um for me myself personally that was just kind of the right fit and i think that We've certainly evolved quite a bit in our mindset or we're starting to, and, and people are starting to have a better understanding of like, okay, some people are destined to be a college grad because they want to be like yourself. They want to go to law school. Others are better at doing things with their hands. Maybe they need to go to trade school and then others maybe are more uh, called to just be self-employed. And um, I'm definitely uh, in, that, in that last and final category. So I had a financial services business that I was running for about 12, 13 years mm-hmm. And um, basically phased that one out as I started seeing some bigger issues with um, uh, government regulation and things like that. I didn't really see a long-term pathway with that. But somewhere within that 13 years, I started really recognizing that what I enjoyed the most by far was marketing. Mm. That was my dessert and the whole equation. It, it certainly wasn't, you know, uh, filing my taxes, you know, and doing <laughs> doing any of that kind of stuff. Right? right. It was it was it was the fun and the excitement of trying a different strategy to generate leads and and mm-hmm. to try, um, you know, a unique way to acquire a new customer. And and then I started getting in deeper in it. I'm like, are there ways that I can actually market so So effectively that by the time the, the prospect comes to me, they're like halfway already pre-sold. And so, man, like once I got a taste of stuff like that, I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked because I, I realized that I was able to kind of, you know, flip the script for lack of a better term on this whole buying equation. And I was able to set things up in a way where instead of me chasing the client, in many ways they were chasing me. They were chasing after myself instead of me chasing them. And like I said, I was hooked, man. I'm like, this is the way to do business. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, for lack, for another lack of a better term, I'm not trying to sound like Jay-Z, but you know, it's like one of those, I don't chase them. I replace them with another one kind of thing, you know, <laughs> okay. but you know, with, with, with the mindset of the client, with the prospect, not so much as a girlfriend. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, so I just, I think that that's I think that that's a very powerful thing. We should always have a long line of people out the door that are interested in our services because if you come along and, and you reach, reach or meet someone that's not the right fit, you have the luxury of saying, I'm sorry, we're just, mm. we're not the right fit for each other. And I have the luxury of cherry picking. And really just working with your ideal client. That's right. And that's what I'm doing now. I help businesses to achieve that very same thing through various different types of strategic marketing. Um, uh, most of which what we call authority marketing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and in, in, in authority marketing, you really do elevate your status. You elevate your, your positioning is what we call it mm-hmm. because your positioning becomes your position in the marketplace. And so, um, if you've got somebody who appears or comes across as desperate for business, Versus somebody who, you know, there's a little bit of, of work to get to this person to be able to even sit down and talk with them. And when I go and I look up their name on Google, I see all kinds of, you know, media out there that they're involved with. I'm going to, I'm probably going to take and value that guy's time a lot higher than the other person. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that we work, that I work now towards helping uh, uh, businesses, specifically professional service providers to uh, achieve. And so I know you do that with books,
0: right? You help you help people write books. What other what other, you know, types of authority media do you put out there so that, you know, the clients are chasing
1: you? Yeah, so the book is probably the biggest one. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the word author, right, is the root word of authority and that's ah, yep. you know that's not a mistake, right? And mm-hmm. so um the the thing about a book is is that the book will automatically convey a certain type of message. And um, that message being that you are an expert, Mm -hmm. right? And so you can go around and call yourself an expert, or you can actually show people that you're an expert. And that's one of the beautiful things with a book, you know, that, that, that message is conveyed for you. Right. So that's why that's one of the most important ones that we start with. Um, Your question is what else is out there? There's a, there's a, certainly a big variety of all kinds of different things, but we focus primarily on the book. And we also focus on, um, helping business owners to produce their own podcasts, exactly like what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, hosting a podcast also conveys a certain level of knowledge and a certain level of status as well. And there's also some of those, um, those media connotations that are just built into us by seeing somebody in that interviewer, uh, role, right. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And then being interviewed on the other side of the table, like with where I am at today, that conveys a separate type of, of authority, um, because it implies that somebody's interested in hearing what you have to say. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those are a big deal. Obviously there's still old school radio and that, that can be effective. Uh, depending on, on, you know, the, the industry. Um, And of course, television is still a thing. Not everything is YouTube. Not everything is streaming. Mm -hmm. Um, Some things, even though that does work in, in itself too. I mean, that's another very powerful form of media. You know, I, I, if you don't mind, I'll just tell a really quick story about the power of media in terms of relationship building. Mm -hmm. Right. I found this guy on YouTube. I've always had a big thing for like just beautiful nature. Mm -hmm. Like just being out in nature and camping by a campfire, like especially if it's like a kind of a gloomy rainy type of weather, or maybe a little bit cold. I don't know what my problem is, man, but I've got an obsession with watching videos of people like sitting by a fire in a rainy setting Uh while I enjoy the comforts of home (laughs) and I don't have to feel that stuff. But I, for some reason I like watching it. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if there's like a cooking element to it. Like if they, Mm -hmm. if they throw down some food on the campfire, Man, that's like my zen right there. (laughs) You know, that's my happy place. My blood pressure comes down and I feel really, you know, relaxed. And I found this guy and he has this this channel where all he does is exactly what I just described. Mm -hmm. It's him and it's his dog. And they're in New Zealand, which I don't know if you know anything about New Zealand, but it's like one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And he goes and he finds all these unbelievably beautiful places to set up his little camp and he sits out there and he makes, it's just literally him and the dog and the camera pointed at him. He's talking to us, his audience and just talking about random things, life and what have you. And he comments a lot on what his dog is up to. He's got a border collie dog Mm -hmm. and um, the dog's name is Bruce. (laughs) Right. And Uh Bruce is his, is his man's best friend companion. Right. And I just fell in love with this channel, man, the simplicity of it. Mm -hmm. And, and and the the story aspect of this thing was the fact that in watching this guy I don't know this guy from any from Adam right like I've never met the dude I just watch him on the dang show I really like the show and in the last month or so tragically Bruce passed away oh the dog right mm-hmm. and I I can't I I cannot comprehend in my brain why I was so bothered by it mm-hmm you know what I mean? I'm like, I, I like animals. I like dogs like like the next guy, but I don't obsess over them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know these people. They're on the other side of the globe. But somehow I got wrapped into an emotional connection with these people, so much so that it almost felt like as if this was a, you know, like a family member, like a right. really close Like, like friend, it happened right? to you. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And seeing the pictures of Tony, the guy whose show it is, and mm-hmm. seeing him weeping and stuff, like it just tore me apart, man. Oh. I'm like, I I could just empathize with him because I knew what a great companion Bruce was to him. Oh. Right. And then and then my marketing brain kicked in and I said, this is what is possible with media. Mm-hmm. And so there's the there's the authority building aspect of it. And there's also the relationship building aspect of it. Even though we may not know a person, media also gives us that opportunity to create a, a connection with people who are, are our ideal audience, right? And and mm-hmm. hopefully, if you have a business, ideally, that could be your prospects. Yeah. And, and so there are a variety of different things that are out there. Television, uh, again, this was a YouTube channel that I just explained as that example. Um, obviously, any type of form of media, including social media, has the potential to raise your status, some are going to be more effective than others, as well as build a relationship as it did in the example that I just gave with Tony mm-hmm. and Bruce. Right. Yep. And so, so that's what's out there, man. That's mm-hmm. it's, it's just wild. It's crazy.
0: This episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast was brought to you by me, Will Ferrero. I'm an attorney at Prior Law in the Bronx. We primarily practice personal injury law, but we can help you with just about any legal issue that you may have. And if it's not something that we can personally help you with, we can connect you with an expert in that area of law. You can find me online on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. My handle is typically at Bronx Attorney. And if you can't find me on one of those social media pages, you can email me Ferrero at PriorLaw dot com or call me at the office seven one eight eight two nine zero two two two. And now back to the show. And you own two businesses, right? I do. Yes, and then and then you're a you're a podcast producer or host in a in a third business.
1: So the 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 hosting of podcasts is still very much connected with the production company. Okay. So my business is called Pina Colada Media, and we do the we do the the podcast hosting through that. But I have a platform called Business Innovators Radio Network, uh-huh. and this is where I'm able to add. Um, other business-related podcasts onto mm-hmm. that channel, onto that network, um, and there's a lot of clout in being part of a, a legitimate podcast network. This one, you know, we've been around for nine years. Okay, um, We've got over 6,500 episodes that have been wow. processed through it. Yours truly was episode number one, the very wow. first. Wow! So nice. nine years ago, 2014, we kicked that off, um, and so when you when you have a platform like that, the other person that really likes that is Google. Uh, mm-hmm. Google really likes when people put out content that's that, that they consider to be valuable especially because it's um, subject matter specific right mm-hmm. so each show that we produce is very 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 niched okay it's all based upon a certain subject matter so Google Google really likes that so case in point that very first podcast that I did mm-hmm. on business innovators radio network, was for a, a friend and client of mine who's a mortgage guy. Mm-hmm. I interviewed him about his mortgage company. Um and if you search that guy's name on Google, that listing comes up like I think like number three or number four. Mm-hmm. It's the show firmly that you recorded that that's right mm-hmm. on the business innovators radio network platform. So it is firmly planted there. It's not going anywhere. When somebody's saying, Hey, I wonder if Mario is a legitimate mortgage guy. Let me do a quick Google search. They come across that interview I did of him. They click on it. Maybe they'll just listen to a little sample of mm-hmm. it. Maybe they'll listen to all of it. I don't know. But the point is, do you think that that hurts him or helps him to have that kind of media out there when someone's trying to decide, should I do business with this yeah, guy or of not? Of course. Right? It's be super helpful. And especially exactly. it, it also, I, I feel like it
0: humanizes you to, to the client, right? Now you're not just the, you know, sterile mortgage guy. Now you're also a person that has a, a personality and, and
1: they can connect with you better that way. Boom. And then that's where that relationship building stuff that I was just telling you about starts to come in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it hits people on in different areas on a psychological, you know, point of view. And obviously with all this stuff that gets thrown at us every day um if somebody can go and search you out and seek you out and learn a little bit want to know more about you and then come across these medias um that's powerful man i think that's going to help so that's the that's the podcast production side and then i also own expert publishing associates and this Hmm. is where we put out um different types of of um printed material books as the primary thing but we also do uh like like physical newsletters, we still send yeah. a old school physical newsletter to your mailbox, mm. and that we is a going back to my uh, my point about relationship building. That is the number one focus of the print newsletter, is that it builds a relationship with the reader. Mm-hmm. So that's extremely powerful because you're sending them something every month or every other month. We typically do every other month, and we found that it's still very effective to do it yeah. like that and you're telling a little bit more about you Mm -hmm. you're telling a little bit more about your personal story you're not just talking shop 24 7 um matter of fact we we actually suggest not to talk a whole lot about shop maybe a little bit yeah but but make sure that you're including certain aspects of your personal life Mm -hmm. and who you are for the point that you just brought up a minute ago um people want to know that they're they're still doing business with another human being. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's powerful. Yep. Yeah. And then
0: the storytelling aspect of it as well. So would you, would you say it's like a quarter of like, here's some tips on my industry. If you're going to, you know, be a client and then 75%, here's
1: what I'm doing, you know, in my personal life. Um, So it's more like um, probably 30% of the personal stuff. Uh-huh. And the rest of it is what we call warm and fuzzies. Mm-hmm. So the warm and fuzzy would be five tips to help you, you know, organize your life uh, for the new year. Like that was something that we did in January Mm -hmm. Um, for the summer. We might talk about a awesome, um, you know, margarita, you know, watermelon margarita recipe, you know, something like that. There might be, you know, the last one we just did had a lot of cool summertime related stuff, you know, because that's still a, a very important component of the newsletter they people like the warm and fuzzy stuff mm-hmm. there's some and jokes on there so yeah. like for
0: me would you be putting that in like the personal injury newsletter you'd still be
1: putting you know the margarita recipe in there even though oh, let me tell you a hundred percent yeah because at the end of the day you know let's say we were to send that to chiropractors uh-huh let's say you had a list of of 20 chiropractor offices who works at the chiropractor office. Usually, you know, there's several secretaries that work up at the front. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be playing around with that. They're going to want to do the Sudoku. They're going to be okay. grateful for that watermelon recipe that's in there. Right. Because so they're it, on the clock. They're a little bored. put eyeballs on it. In other words, Gotcha. that's right. And then hopefully at least the, the guy who runs the shop will mostly read that relationship builder newsletter at the very mm-hmm. beginning right gotcha.
2: mm-hmm. and so
1: that's how you're able to sneak in you're able to stay top of mind you're able to also grow that relationship with those with those people in that office and then they feel better referring clients to you because they're like i don't know man kind of like with me and tony and bruce right i feel like i know this guy yeah mm-hmm. you know i i know i know how many kids he has i know that he that's his favorite dog and the dog is named so and so you know i know you're in new, yeah. new york so it's more more likely you got dogs and you have kids but You know, so it just, it just depends, right? It just depends. Whatever it is you're doing, you want to talk a little bit about that. You Mm -hmm. want to share a little bit of your softer side because again, you, you, I mean, you nailed it on the head. People relate to other people. And -hmm. so that's why those things are very effective. And so tell me a little bit more about the books, because
0: I find that to be, you know, a fascinating marketing tool, right? Everybody says, you know, your, your card might go in the trash. They take a photo of it and then lose it in a drawer, but the book will sit on the desk maybe, or go on the bookshelf or be given to a friend. Um, So what, what does it look like when you start working with you on, you know, making, making a book?
1: Yeah. Great question. Writing a book. Great question. So first and foremost, to your point, yes. um, Long shelf life. That's one of the number one, you know, uh, top, characteristics of of producing a book or top benefits, I should say, maybe of producing a book is that whoever you give it to, there's a very, very small chance that it'll get thrown away, right? Mm -hmm. Compare that to to more traditional marketing, which is the business card, uh, maybe a brochure, maybe a flyer. Um, Some of those brochures and flyers are not cheap as well. You got the nice glossy um, paper you know six pages eight pages ten pages whatever you know you try to leave some information but you know what most likely it's still going to get thrown away mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a very long shelf life whereas we are conditioned at a very young age to really respect and appreciate books Um, number one when we were in grade school we get in trouble if we didn't take care of the library books yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, number two, I don't know if you had this. Um, I'm, I'm a little older than you. I don't know if you had this when you were in school, but we had this thing called the book fair. Yeah, of course. You know, that was huge. What a big deal, right? Yeah. What a big deal, you know? And I mean, I was in elementary in the early Mm nineties and I would walk into the, to the library and it smelled different because of all the books. (laughs) Right. So I would immediately, I'd get some sort of like this dopamine hit Mm -hmm from just the smell of the thing, and then I'd look up, and there was my my mom gave me 20, $20, whatever that morning, if you were really lucky, your mom gave you 20 bucks, right. For the, for the book Mm -hmm. fair. But what was the first thing I went after? Not the book. Actually. I went after the Lamborghini Countach poster. (laughs) (laughs) That was the main thing that I had my eyes on. But after I got my poster, then I'd start looking around at the books and you know, you'd go back to the room and you, you'd share the book that you had with your Mm -hmm. friend. You look at the one that he got. So we know that these are valuable things. We also know that when we're doing research and we're trying to learn something, yes, nowadays a lot of things are most certainly online. But like you could see back here behind me, I mean, I'm I'm big on on reading books. About those are mostly business uh, related. Yeah. Um. Uh, but whatever your subject matter that you're really interested in, most likely you'll still go out of your way to find a book. I mean, that's, that's Amazon's claim to fame, right? That's how they Mm -hmm. got started was really, they were an online bookstore first before everything else, before they became the everything store. Yeah. And so we all understand deep down how valuable a book is. And again, like I was mentioning earlier, the book automatically conveys authority and automatically conveys the fact that you're an expert in your, in your niche. Right. Mm -hmm. So people don't question that plus We do physical books. So it's a tangible thing. So you're touching it, you're holding it. We put a little price tag on the back. We usually put $9.99 on the back of the thing. But what we do is we design and create these books for the purpose of giving them away. Mm -hmm. So these are very much what we call the ultimate business card. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what these books are. They're intended to be given either in place of or along with your card, right? Uh And again, this is gonna stick around. It's gonna stay on the desk. People are gonna pick it up, read a little snippet here or there. Um, even if they only read a little bit, I- I'll be honest, it still does its job. It's it's really let the person know that you're different, that you're a somebody, that you know what you're talking about. Um, it's it's a conversation starter. So you can actually say, Hey, this is my lawyer. My lawyer actually gave me a book. What what did your lawyer give you? You know? Yeah. And so. And I've done a, a wide range of, of trades and industries um, where you might even say there's no way you could do a book for that industry. We've been able to do a book. Let me tell you, you, what's the most surprising one would you say? Well, uh, one of the one of the ones that you probably wouldn't expect would be a plumber. Okay, right. So every time the 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 plumber goes to the person's house to go fix a pipe, mm-hmm. when they're done, thank you for everything. Oh, and by the way. Um, here's a book and the book basically just talks about like things you need to be aware of that maybe you didn't know you should be aware of, like, Interesting. like taking care of your water heater. Did you know that thing's mm-hmm. supposed to get drained once a year, you know, <laughs> wow. down, yeah. in, down here in Texas, we have really hard water, uh-huh. right. There's all that limestone stuff and it, it builds up all this garbage within the, within the water heater and it basically destroys it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to drain these things annually. Well, we're supposed to, but people right. go years without doing it. And then they, the thing starts making all this noise and they're like, why is it doing that? Well, it's because you got all that buildup in there. And if you don't have a water softener, um, you're going to have nothing but problems. And so the book talks about the benefit of a water softener. Yeah. And so maybe you went over there, will for a, maybe they went over there for a $99, you know, quick fix of a pipe. Right. Mm-hmm. But they leave the book the person flips through it. They realize that, Oh shoot, I haven't cleaned my, my doggone water heater out. Right. And you know what? It's making a lot of noise. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we should consider getting a water softener. So they call the plumber back. The The plumber comes in and says, we recommend that you replace your water heater and you get a water softener. So that next time this thing doesn't go out on you. Mm-hmm. And now you just went from a $99 job, to a you know, several thousand dollar job by installing that water heater and water softener for them. So, so even in the, even in that type of an environment, it's extremely powerful and it's effective yeah. and it's a great upsell tool and it's a trust builder. And then I, I do usually recommend if, if you can give your client a book, most likely you can also give your client a newsletter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So then if you show up every other month in the mail and you're talking about some tips and tricks to keep all your pipes In order during the winter so that they don't get destroyed. And you also talk about the fact that you just went to the beach with your family and you talked about your daughter who is three years old and she really loves this and that again, you are doing something very different from the other plumber guys that Uh that are not taking the time to educate their clients with a book to show that there are somebody and they're knowledgeable to show up every other month with a newsletter and explain why, you know, you actually know your stuff and build a relationship. Now I digress just a little bit, Will, but let me just mention real quick. The book itself is a done for you process. Mm-hmm. You don't have to write anything with our process. We do a podcast. We ask the right questions. You answer the questions on the podcast because you are the expert you mm-hmm. do know the answers to these questions, and then we basically take that, we transcribe it, we clean it up, we edit it for readability, uh-huh. and we turn it into a a very easy to read, short hundred page or less question and answer book. Mm-hmm. And that's that's essentially um, the process that we use because guys like you and other professional service providers are usually busy. Busy, yeah. How they long of a podcast do you do to get all that information? We can, in and, and, and most instances, we can get everything that we need with a one-hour podcast. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Most of the time we can. And we're able to produce a book that's on average between 60 to 80 pages long. Mm-hmm. Um, people are, We. I mean, let's admit it, right? We're in the digital attention span economy. Mm-hmm. So people don't want to feel like, oh man, this book makes me feel like you sent me back to you know college again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question and answer format works really well because it's uh-huh. just Little question, little answer, little question, little answer. And that's what people appreciate. They just mm. want, they want little short bits of info to help right. them, you know, learn, learn what they're looking for and get their questions answered. And I'm, I'm willing to
0: bet that, you know, when, when you do have the book or you are getting the newsletter, you're willing to pay that person a little bit more than the random Google fine that you might have. Do you have any... Yeah. You have any data to support that, or do you just generally find that?
1: I generally find it. Yeah, I don't have a, a, a hardcore statistic to back it up, but but that is a that is a pretty rock solid, um, you know, side benefit, so to speak, of of doing things like this. Anything that's in the authority building space typically will justify a higher fee, right? In most cases, because customers are willing to pay a little bit extra. For someone that they at least at least they can perceive to be um, more knowledgeable, have more expertise, have more experience, and things like that. And so usually, um, any type of thing if I appear on television, if I do a radio spot, if I do a podcast, if I do a book, all of that stuff is is a is a, almost an immediate justification for charging more. Mm-hmm. And your customers usually will love you for it because they like to pay more because they feel like they're getting a better value. And we all know that old ideology as far as like, you get what you pay for. Right. Right. I mean, that's a very simple thing that we get, we all get told that at a very young age, we all understand that concept of you get what you pay for. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a very general rule. Absolutely. And I saw Mm. that with my own business, with my financial business, I did a, I did a book with a, with a business a coach and a sales coach named Brian Tracy and Brian Tracy's a legend man in the business world. I mean, if you go to Barnes and Noble right now, you will find at least one or two books that he's written there. And so I was able to do a book with him on, on, on corporate credit. Uh I covered the corporate credit and he covered more of like goal setting and business growth stuff. And that book's called The Small Business Banker. Now I'm not I'm not in that world anymore, but that was one of the things that really kicked things off for me, mm-hmm. and that's where I started noticing that transition from, again, I'm chasing you to you chasing me, as well as justification for higher fees.
0: Okay, and so how would you you know say there's somebody who hasn't really done that much marketing, even if it's a you know older company, um, and it was mainly word of mouth you know, aside from, you know, how how do people get ready
1: to write, to write the book or to to work with you to have the book produced? Sure. Yeah. Well, my response to that would be that you very likely already have that knowledge um, because that's probably the reason why you got into that line of work in the first place. Um, A lot of people, even when they're new, it's like, okay, I'm going to start, let's just go back to the plumber, right? I'm going to start my own plumbing company. Well, that guy, was a plumber for sure yeah. for several years with somebody else. Right. He just decided it's time for me to go ahead and do my own thing. And so that's usually the case for everyone. Most people are really good at their trade. Mm-hmm. What they're not good at is marketing. Mm-hmm. And Will, when you went to law school, how many classes did you take about client acquisition, you know, and marketing? Yeah. None. Right. That's, See? that's something that comes up all the time. No, uh,
0: you know no business class no marketing class anything like that in law school that's
1: correct that's correct and let me tell you i have i have several really good friends really close friends and that are that are lawyers um now i've got a couple that are in particular that are really good friends these are the uh the one of them is a godfather to one of my children and things like that and these are criminal these are criminal lawyers okay mm-hmm. and uh and like I, I we're doing a book for for one of them right now as a matter of fact and he wants to use it um, to give to other lawyers. Yeah. And so that way the other, cause that's where this guy gets the majority of his, yeah. his clients from, right? He's lawyer like, to lawyer referrals are, are, are huge. It's a big thing. And they come pre-sold, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of good stuff. They're like, yeah, man, this, I heard you were amazing. My, my divorce right. lawyer told me you were the man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's not a real difficult sale in that regard, but imagine him being able to say, Oh, and by the way, here's his book. Mm-hmm. Let me give you his book. He came in here the other day, gave me a little stack of them. I got them right here. I'm very sorry. You got a DWI. And Mm -hmm. here's the book on, you know, what to expect, you know, when when you you just went to jail for the very first time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Right. And so those work very well in that type of an environment. And um, OK, I'm sorry, Will, what was what was your question? I, I, I lost track of that again. I was I was just saying, how do you you know prepare yourself to get the
0: book produced? But but it sounds like you're saying that you, if you're a business owner, you have these tools already. All you got to do is you know send you the email or pick up the phone and you know get get the process rolling, and you could have a book. That's know, right. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that's it what it was to, to produce. So it. the
1: the point is, you do have the knowledge, right? You may not have the knowledge of marketing because again, they don't cover that in school. But you even as a as a newer ish lawyer, um, you certainly have a pretty basic understanding of of that field of law that you've entered. Now, they do call it practicing law for a reason, because <laughs> you learn a lot as you go along, yeah. you know, and these my friends have all admitted to me, like when I first started, uh, I wasn't th- the most knowledgeable, you know, it took some time and I had to go to court and I had to interact with people. And then I started learning things. But you do come out of law school. I mean, you passed the bar for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. And so you were able to prove that you had that basic competency in that in that field of study. And so even right out the gate, typically you're going to be able to answer at least the basic questions because that's what we're covering. Mm-hmm. We are covering the basics. For somebody that's coming in raw that doesn't really know what to expect, right? What's gonna happen if I get into an auto accident and an 18-wheeler bumped into me and it messed up my arm? Like, what do I do from this point forward? Right? I don't know what to do, and I am seeking answers. I don't even really know who to trust. I just see commercials everywhere in the commercials and
0: billboards
1: and jingles. (laughs) The guys yelling at me the hammer here in Texas. We've got the hammer, we're the (laughs) Texas hammer, you know, and all this kind of stuff, right? And they're appealing to your emotions. Yeah. In regards to that, and it obviously it works; otherwise, they wouldn't do it. Uh-huh. Uh, but at, but at the same time, I think people there's other people that are like, man, I am not. I can tell you, I'm like this. I don't. I'm not down with those gimmicky commercials. Right. So I've noticed the latest trend is is that there's a lot of uh, PI attorneys here that are saying like we're we're serious. we're the serious lawyer. Mm-hmm. We don't have time for those gimmicks. Yeah. We don't play those little games. You got injured. You're in pain you can't work. This is not a joke. We're serious. We want to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of those opportunities though, present themselves as, Hey, I'm the guy that's here to teach you. I can educate you. And that's what these books accomplish.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. I think that uh, more people should do that. I'm, I'm certainly going to look into it. I'll tell you that much. I've, I've yeah, awesome. thought about it in the
1: past, but, you know, it's, it's you're making it sound real easy. <laughs> <laughs> we do make it easy. I promise you that. And like I said, if you can do a podcast interview, essentially, you could create a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got to make sure we ask the right questions, though. And we got to make sure that we put it together in a way where it's easy to read and it, it still looks professional. The books that we put out, they've got the glossy cover. They've got your picture on there. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's some of the branding Um, There's some of that that relationship building by the fact that they see you on there. All that kind of good stuff plays into it. But these are very professionally produced um, little marketing assets. That's what they are. They're marketing assets and they're 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 worth the investment because again, they're not just ending up in the recycle bin. They're not just ending up in the trash. They're going to be around. Your mother's going to be proud of them for crying out loud. (laughs) You know, she's going to tell her friends about them. Look at, look at what my son produced, (laughs) you know, and then your client most of all is the one that matters because they're the one that, that, you know, that, that pays you ultimately. Um, They're the ones that are going to really be proud of these things and they're (laughs) going to share them with their friends and family as well. So overall it's, it's a really good worthwhile um, you know, marketing investment and marketing asset. Gotcha. I got one last question
0: for you, and you can answer it either from the, you know, the business owner standpoint or the marketing standpoint. When someone is, is just beginning, maybe they're in the first year of their new business, what, you know, tips or advice would you give them?
1: That's a great question, Will. And, um, I always enjoy getting asked stuff that I, you know, wasn't expecting so that you can Mm. hear more of a, a raw, you know, a real response, but man, that's, that's somewhere, that's a role that I have been in before. Mm. And I've been in that role multiple times as I've started other little business ventures on the side and what have you. So I, I know exactly where that's at first and foremost, year one of any business is brutal. (laughs) So let's make sure we establish that. you ready for that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you need to be ready to be dragged through the mud, mm-hmm. no question about it. And it's probably gonna be a frequent occurrence as well. Year one of any business is always very challenging. But I do recommend though that you, in addition to going out, hustling, um, you know, networking is a big one, right? You mm-hmm. gotta do things in more of a grassroots point of view because you don't have the big giant marketing budget yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So step number one is to tell yourself, I'm not Apple. I'm not uh, Coca-Cola, Mm-mm. you know. I'm not these big giant companies that I see on the billboards or running these commercials because they've got unlimited budgets for stuff like yeah. that. I have to make sure that all of my dollars are held accountable. So that's the first thing you want to you want to make sure that you are very cautious in where you invest your money and make sure it's something that has the likelihood of giving mm-hmm. you a legitimate ROI, right? right? Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of times you do have to just go out there and do very old school methods, which is shaking hands, meeting new people. Um, I like the idea of joining networking groups like BNI business networking international is a decent place to start. Um, you got chamber of commerce Mm -hmm. groups as well. All the chamber of commerce, uh, organizations, they put on networking functions like after hours. Yeah. That gives you an opportunity to get out there. And I think, in my opinion, what I've seen is if you're a lawyer, you already have a big advantage. Because, you know, in those environments, everybody wants to schmooze the lawyer, man. <laughs> everybody feels like, oh, man, if I could be friends with this guy, what a what a great little benefit to be able to know yeah, another lawyer. Just to get case. the free advice via text. Right. Message, right? That's right. That's <laughs> right. And so you already get to be the life of the party. Right, you know, right out the gate, so that's also kind of a cool step. But I do always recommend as well make sure that you set aside time for learning. Mm-hmm. Most of this stuff you're not going to know whether you went to law school, whether you went to plumbing school, whether you just decided out of nowhere, I want to start a business. Most of the time, unless your father or you shadowed under someone mm-hmm. or somebody else in your family you know, had a business that you got to sit there and just be a sponge for 10, 15 years, right. Um, you're probably not going to lo- know a lot of this stuff. So you've got to go out and find it. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend going to the bookstore, um, finding books on whatever, you know, marketing or different sales and negotiation, all these type of things that we have to use on a daily basis as business owners. Um, you know, learn those things, yeah. listen to audio books, man. Those are Those are game changers. You could go for a run in the park and you can listen to an audio book, right? You can go down to the market. You can go to the, you can go to the supermarket, right? And you don't have to talk to anybody. Put your headphones on, put your earbuds in, go shopping while you're listening to an audio book about marketing. Yeah. Right. Find ways to be double productive. I don't know how it is. Will up there where you're at, but down here, we still get to spend a lot of time in the car driving around, right? Mm And so if I'm taking a road trip, if I'm going up to Austin or I'm going to Houston or something, or if I'm going on the other side of town, I turn my vehicle into a university on wheels <laughs> every time. And yep. I start listening to my favorite audio books mm-hmm. and I make sure that my time is productive. Yeah. Every now and then, dude, I just got to turn. I just need to listen to some Jay-Z or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to get that out. But then after that, it's time to get down to business and let's start being productive and let's start making good uses of our time and learning those things. And then you turn around and you try to implement as best as you can. So mm-hmm. that's my advice for for newcomers and early people, would in whatever whatever game they're they're in. Yeah.
0: Well, I I think that's that's great advice. And uh, I had a I had a lot of fun
1: talking today. I learned a lot. So thank awesome, you. Awesome, man. Likewise, Will. That that was a pleasure, man. I'm sorry about my my doggone uh, camera issues. No, I don't no worries, know why I could not no get worries. it back on. <laughs> Take care. But thanks for having me, Will. Have a good one. You too. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. Please like, review, and subscribe so we can help the channel continue to grow. And if you're interested in connecting with any of the guests, please let me know, and I'd be happy to make the introduction.